0: G'day guys, and welcome back to part two of the podcast. We're going to dive straight into some of the questions that we've got on Twitter and uh, just a, a couple of sneaky messages from a, a couple of guys who are no doubt hoping to bag us out over our Keeper Leagues and Draft League games this week. Um, remember to send through any questions that you do have on Twitter. Like we say, with our Draft Leagues, if you can, give us as much knowledge about the uh, team size, about how many teams are in the your draft competition, just yep. so we can sort of accurately judge who we should be uh, giving you advice on. Yep. Um, dive right in first question is from Ryan hinchy um, we're looking at uh, Mitch Robinson suspended for one week do you hold or cover with a uh, and uh, cover with a Liam Ryan uh, Giles Langdon or do you get rid of him um, I think it comes down to what else you have to do on your team like mm. if you've got nothing else that you need to deal with I what do you, do you think um, because a lot of people have said right he could be uh, one of the top averaging uh, forwards or towards the top end averaging forwards like maybe uh, around about 92 sort of average yeah I could do you, see that do you, do you think it's going to happen though I honestly don't think that that's going to happen I think once they start doing some of the DPP changes mm-hmm. um, over the course of the year he falls away a bit. Yeah. Um. I think at this point he's probably in the conversation but mm-hmm. I don't know if he is by the end of the year um, yeah I don't know he's, he's a real unknown quantity yeah it's, it's really hard to say and For me, it's really rough saying that you're going to cover with Liam Ryan and Giles Langdon because neither of those guys are going to score particularly well. You're basically going to settle for a 50 or 60 or so. Yeah, so So you have to be prepared to do that uh, to bring Mitch Robinson back in the following week. And yeah, you can definitely do that if you want, but for me, no. If I had... You know, a a courtesy pick or just a a luxury uh, pick? Yeah, if I had a luxury pick, I would absolutely get rid of Mitch Robinson this week. Um, So maybe move him on up with some money that you make from getting rid of Zach Merritt to to maybe like a Billings or something like that. Um, Next question is from Brody. Uh, He's considering Blake Akers and Riley Bonner. Am I crazy? And who is your favourite sub-600K back other than Sicily? Alrighty, so Brody, you're obviously talking about salary cap. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, you are crazy. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A I mean, little bit, yeah. We did speak about Bonner earlier. Yeah, we spoke about Blake Akers as well. They're, look, they are both good players and they're going to be particularly good. I Bonner's still that young that I don't know if he can consistently keep that sort of scoring up. It's just, I know he's cheap as well. So that's yeah, the like, thing. Like I said before, personally for me, they're both draft guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Ake is, I could quite easily see being like the um, Alex Neil Bullen of last year in salary cap. So mm-hmm. he'll have a good month or so. And you yeah. might have him for that month as a bit of a stepping stone. Yep. But if you hang on to him too long, or you don't jump off at the right time, then yeah. you could end up stuck with him. Um, that's my worry as well. Um, and and, and he, he does score well when he's on, but he's not always on because he is still young. Yeah, and I, I, look, I I just think that there might be better options out there. I mean, you're, you're wondering who our other favourite sub-600K defenders yep. are. Okay, so looking at that, um, who have we got here? Under 600K. I mean, I, I, I've i already talked about Ryan Clark. I still yep. like Ryan Clark. Because, I like Savage. Yeah, Shane Savage looks really good this year Savage as well. Savage is 578K. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else are we looking at around about that price range? Um, is... Obviously, you've got your rookies, but they're they're not really in contention for that sort of pick when you're you're looking at... So, Ryan Clark, 492k. uh Don't mind him. Would you look at Seedsman, 472k? Oh, he's cheap. But, uh, yeah, actually, I don't mind it, to be honest. I don't mind Paul Seedsman. If he's playing that role regularly, he's going to score well. So, yeah, I actually don't mind that. He's going to go up about 150k as well. And, look, if you're looking at them, then Bonner at 447k... It's not the worst idea going around. I like, like we said during the main part of the podcast, though, um, I wouldn't be going out of my way to bring him in. Mm-hmm. But if he's available at the price range I'm looking at, I don't hate the idea. Yeah, I, I just think that uh, those other guys, the Ryan Clarks, Shane Savages, those sorts of guys, uh, they're more seasoned competitors. They've been around a little bit longer. And I do worry just a little bit in salary cap about what effect Pittard will have coming back into the team. You know, does he supplant him? Does he have to push his way back into the lineup? I'm not 100% sure. Um, so, on to the next question. We've got another one through from uh, Ryan Hinchy, Hinchcliffe. Uh, had some big-name healthy scratches when the team lists drop. Uh, Dunstan, Angus Brayshaw, Dom Tyson, uh, Coffield, Sharonberg, just to name a few. Do you think any of them break into their respective sides soon? Do you want one by one? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, Dunstan? No. Dunstan is really like after Saints have played so well they're not going to be keen to make wholesale changes um, I mean even Hunter Clark did well enough to say maybe hold his spot for another week yeah um, and the other guy that sort of plays that similar role that we did talk about earlier was Jack Steele yeah but he did a, a lockdown role in he did it reasonably well he, still, he did it pretty well so, um, so I, I agree I don't think Dunstan breaks in soon which is really weird because pre-season I thought Dunstan was an absolute lock for their best 22 and after the end to last year he looked like he was going to be a really good he's, fantasy choice his big obstacle is Armitage yeah that's that's the big one Assum- and Armitage is getting older so Dunstan's probably the replacement for him but he's not as young, young as you think either so, he's been around for a little while. Yeah, he's what twenty three, something like 23, that. 24 Yeah, not old, but he's yeah. been around longer than you um, Angus Brayshaw. No idea where that came from. Yeah, I was shocked about this <coughs> one. Um, I thought he would be playing. I don't know. I, I, would have to say that. It, would it be? Was it an injury? Do you, um, do you remember? No, I think he was just admitted. Hmm? It's. I, I mean, we talked earlier again. Why well, I, I did about. I think they've got a lot of good rebound options, and they have been playing him as a halfback. Yep. So, if they're wanting him as a halfback, I don't know that he breaks into the top, the side anytime soon. Mm. Um, and if they're playing, if they want to play him as a mid, mm. they chose Corey Maynard over him. So, which is a real worry. So I don't think he's going to break in immediately there either. Jeez, that's tough because these are guys that I would just assume to be best 22 preseason as well. Uh, Dom Tyson, he's more of a depth guy in your draft leagues. Uh, I think he's probably going to get back into the side before Angus Brayshaw does for I mean, Because he's a really good silky midfielder and he complements them in a bit of a different yeah, way. He can be a good link guy. Yeah, so I, for me, Dom Tyson might be breaking into that side before Angus Brayshaw does, but I think Dom Tyson was an injury as opposed to just a... I've got an idea. He might have been dropped. Was he just a drop? I think he was just a hitter. I'm came sure. out of nowhere. Um Caulfield, again, I just assumed that he was 100% best 22. We actually had a chat about this over the weekend because you were pretty filthy about it. Oh, I was shocked, um, Particularly filthy. about the fact that Hunter Clark got a game, but um, Caulfield didn't. Yeah. But it comes down to the fact that he's they're playing him as a halfback. Mm-hmm. They've got Savage. They've got Roberton. They've got Webster. Yeah. Um, They've got a few other mids that can sort of float down there to help out, so they don't need him at the moment. I'm filthy that Webster gets a game over Caulfield because I know. Oh, I know. oh my god, I can't stand Webster. <laughs> so no, I don't think Caulfield comes in soon. Yeah, that's a little bit of a worry. He's pro- might be closer towards mid-season. Yeah. Um, Sharonberg. Oh, if if anything's going to make me more more salty than talking about Nick Caulfield, is going to be talking about Matt Sharonberg, and I could rage about this for hours on end. Um, there's a, the fact that he's playing for Nathan Buckley, just makes me worry. I actually read an article about him a few days ago when I hadn't heard about him all preseason, yep. saying that Nathan Buckley was training him up as a key position defender. So, yes. Because which, you know the one thing that they have in abundance is um, skilled rebounders. Oh my god! And uh, like. Just it, it shocked me because not only is he 191 centimeters, so he's ridiculously undersized, he's a skilled ball user. So, why are you using him to stop players getting the ball when you should be using him as an outlet player? It's, yeah, and then, yeah. You know, yeah, it, that, anyway, yeah, the so, this is beyond the point. This uh, is beyond the point. Josh Smith is out this week, so maybe Matt Schoenberg has a chance to get back in. He might come in, but. But there's also Appleby, Mihacek, who played ahead of him in the JLT, um, and there's guys like. Uh, I want to say oh, there, there was a couple of really, really good players on the weekend for Collingwood's BFL side. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I'm um, just struggling head. to remember them. Um, and obviously, Wells is going to be coming back in at some point. Yeah. Uh, Elliot's going to be coming back in. You've got Fasolo coming back for Solo in at some point on the weekend. So, so. It's going to, Jared so. Blair was the one that played incredibly well, actually, for yeah. so Collingwood. So, a long answer to that question, but no. we don't think any of them are breaking in soon. Jeez, nah, that's, that's really tough because I would have assumed all of them the best 22. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the next question and this is from Peter uh, he's wondering uh, if Zach Merritt gets rested against the Dockers is it worth downgrading him and Zorko in classic to save money and get both Canelio and Trelaw into your right. side that's a great that's a great way to go um We spoke about Canelio earlier and he's one of those top top guys to get in as a replacement for Zach Merritt. Treloar's a little bit different, um, a little bit point of difference. I, I do like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if it pays off for you, it's going to pay off big because no one else or not many other teams are going to have him. But I do think he comes with a bit more risk than someone like a Parker or someone like a... Uh, oh, who else would be a little bit cheaper? Um, Patrick Cripps. Someone, yep. I think Cripps has a little yeah. bit more of a higher ceiling than Treloar. Yeah, I, I think we... I mean, we spoke about this earlier. Mm. You like Cripps. I like Stevens. Yep, yeah, for the upside um, there. So... Um, Traud can have just plain old hundred point games yeah. rather than that high ceiling that you'd really be after. Yeah. But I, I yeah, I but, like but I do like that. That's a great trade, Peter mate. Um, we'll move on to another one uh, from T Mac, and he's he's actually specifically directed this at me for Christian. Uh, what's the protocol on expelling a new coach in your keeper league one round in because they are a threat to the ring or whatever prize you have for the premier in your league? He's asking for a friend. Or he's, he's asking for himself is what he's doing. Yes, because of course he is in our keeper league. He is in our keeper and you league. Are our and I am the commissioner, so you can't Now what I will tell T mac because obviously well, I know him I know he wasn't listening to our podcast last year. So what you wouldn't know about Christian is he loves to change the rules to make himself win. That is completely inaccurate, I don't know. So don't gloat too openly because he will change the rules in some obscure way and you'll find yourself losing for no reason. There is such a minimal chance of that happening. <laughs> but there is still a chance. So be careful, T-Mac. Just uh, keep your thoughts to yourself, mate. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's just uh, coming down hard on me because I've uh, rocked out a 1,750-odd with a donut on the field in a Keeper League. So. Yep. And our listeners don't care. So next question... <laughs> But you do that. Oh, I, I don't know All right. Well, the next question is from Riley, and he's saying, "Hey lads, two thousand one hundred forty-one for me this week. Who are your main trade targets and trade out targets? Great result, mate. That's a great score. Larry. Very good. We've score. had a, a couple of our friends have gotten around about that mark as well. Yeah. And actually, I don't think we were real. What did you get? Oh, mate, I don't want to talk about it. I don't even. Think, I didn't crack the top uh, two thousand actually. So we uh, we move on from my score. But what did you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we won't talk about it then. <laughs> No, I think it was about 1986 or something like that. So, not great. But it's, uh, you know, I, I think the winner last year was placed about twenty-four or 28,000 after round one. So Yeah, it's good to get a good start, but it's not essential. Exactly. Um, how about you, mate? Uh, 2085. Just 2085? So, okay, not amazing. Yeah, not, not too bad. Uh, our main trade targets for this week, uh, I mean, obviously, we've both got the zero problem. We've already talked about yours is Stevens. Mine is someone like Cribs or yeah. maybe even Parker because I, I didn't actually start with him. Um, and for me, another one that I was thinking about was bringing in Jake Lloyd instead of Crisp. Um, I'm thinking of I definitely want to bring Tim Kelly in somehow as well Is another one I'm throwing up yeah. because I wouldn't mind just straight swapping Tim Kelly for Patty Dow, who's currently in my side. Yeah. Um, so there are a few things. But for me, the number one is finding a, a premium to mm-hmm. get in for Zach Merritt, mm-hmm. and then oh, look, I probably end up getting Tim Kelly into my side because at this stage of the year, it's really important to have the right rookies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and personally, for me, it's probably zeroed out, um, Steven. Steve Stevens in, yeah. um, and then the second one, I'm tossing up whether I shift Hibbert to a Simpson or Lloyd, mm-hmm. or whether I bring in Tim Kelly. Um, the only question is that means I'm basically switching out one of my other rookies for him. So whether that's the right decision or not, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I'm in the same boat. So we, we'll have to wait and see there. Um, question from Nick. Uh, nice. He's saying, uh, I had Ryder in my team. Would you... <laughs> yeah, that, that's tough, mate. Would you try to upgrade or go with... <laughs> you got to yell it. It's Ed, in The It's not nice. Good on you, Nick. Um, so, we'll s- so we'll answer that bit first? Yeah, we'll answer that bit first because he's uh, also... <laughs> there's a second part, the second part to this question. So I would go for... No, I, don't know. No, I don't know! Mate, mate, <laughs> tell me if you're going to yell one out. <laughs> I've got the audio controls here. <laughs> okay. We've got to work out on a... Um, I did try and hold that back a little a bit. A non-verbal man. signal that you can shoot, Nick. You can't just give me, like, double <laughs> finger <laughs> guns. <laughs> um, yeah, so to answer your question, Nick, I love the idea of bringing that Nui in. Yep. This is the perfect situation as well because yes. we were even tossing up with someone like a Sam Jacobs who is still playing. You don't even need. This isn't even a punt for you, you know. It's um, yeah. paddy rider. You could just go straight down to it, make a little bit of cash that way, and he's a good scorer, yeah. in my opinion. This is the correct move for you. Yeah. Um, and his well, this isn't even the question. The second part is just also LDU sucks in all league types. Heard it here first. That is genuine. <laughs> <laughs> that is genuinely untrue. Also hilarious considering, didn't he take LDU in our keeper topper? He did. He took LDU with pick. <laughs> uh, his first pick. Pick five. Pick five. So, that was unfortunate. No, actually, mate, like I said earlier, he's a great keeper pickup. He's going to be a terrific fantasy player of the future. Look, he's just going to take a bit of time. Some yeah. rookies take a little bit of time. They don't all just step in and start scoring hundreds off the bat. Yeah. So, yeah but with his price, I don't think he's a salary cap guy at the moment. No. Um, and I wouldn't be playing him redraft. Either. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, next question. Oh, God. The dating advice, <laughs> Again, I don't know who... I don't know who made this account. (laughs) I'm assuming it's one of the lads in our Keeper League. At least one of them. It sounds like them. Um, So from Dating Advice at Dating Advice AFL are asking, after the success of Essendon's eSports team player nicknames, such as Leech and the Tiger, what (laughs) podcasting nicknames would you assign each other, and will you be running an eSports fantasy league? All right, so first of all, for those of you not in the loop, oh my God. this is because during the Essendon Adelaide Friday night game, BT got fixated in his commentary on the fact that the Essendon esports team was there watching the game. I love when BT gets fixated on something as well. He just can't let it go. <laughs> he cannot, and the other commentators have no interest or understanding of what's going on. He's like a 12-year-old in the commentary box, and they're just like, yeah, alright, BT, you just you do you, buddy, you do you. Um, <laughs> all right. So, what podcasting nick- nicknames would you assign each other? Uh, well, I mean, the main thing is you don't choose your own nickname, and it kind of has to come organically. It, so it does. It does. I, I, I think we've got to work on podcasting nicknames because at the moment it's just Christian and Matt. But oh. shall we open it up to the listeners? Yeah, there you go. If you want to send us through a nickname, feel free. <laughs> we we uh, retain the right to shoot it down and they reject oh 100% know. and there's probably going to be a lot of rejections but if you want to send through some nickname suggestions we're more than happy to take them on board next week and sift through a few of them um, so the second part of that is will you be running an esports fantasy league of your own the question, The answer is no <laughs> why <laughs> <laughs> why would we <laughs> I think you're assuming we're much more of a professional setup than we actually are as well. We really are not. <laughs> it's, I think we've got one more question through as well. Yes, yeah, so the final question. <laughs> Thoughts on English for an on-field <coughs> spot in the forward line? I can't afford him at the start. I couldn't afford him at the start. Mm-hmm. Is Fogarty to English an option? So I'm assuming he's talking about um, Darcy Fogarty here. Yeah, Darcy Fogarty. I uh, don't mind it at all, to be I honest. quite like it. Like, it's... Uh, I guess the worry for me is, again, Luke Beveridge... Uh, because there's every chance, to, even after a good game, that Tim English might get dropped this week. Um, rested. For, or rest, rested this week, yeah. Because he's a second-year player. He mm-hmm. is playing in a key position role. So, yeah, so... Um, but... But Fogarty, over Fogarty... Fogarty, I, like I think, that. will get dropped once um, Tex is back, and which could be this week. Well, there's a chance that Tex and Lynch could be coming back in this one week. I don't, I don't think Fogarty plays the Lynch role, though. I think he plays, he the, plays Tex the Tex role. Tex role, yeah. So once Tex comes back, that's when he goes. Mm-hmm. Could be this week, could be next week. So he's going anyway, so why not bring in English, who actually had a, a good game scoring-wise. And it gives you a, um, a DPP in your forward line that you can switch out. I'm assuming you probably got a ruck forward on your uh, ruck bench as well, yep. which is really, really handy to switch between. Um, so, yeah, I, oh, thanks, I do like Kieran that. For the yeah. question. Good on you, Kieran. Um, that's the end of the questions for the week, actually. So we're going to jump straight into our favourite game, which is awesome. This is our Risk It for the Biscuit. So... Uh, for any new listeners out there who haven't heard us play this game, it's not really a game. It's a uh, it's a way of life. You've got to risk it for the... <laughs> Did you rehearse that? No, I didn't. Good. <laughs> I would have been so ashamed if I'd rehearsed that. Um, basically, what we do is, um, a lot of your draft leagues, uh, they're going to run really deep and you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel for some of your last picks in the draft. Um, and th- there's always the issue of you're coming up this week. You've got an important matchup, mm-hmm. and you, you've got a donut, yep. or you've got someone that you just aren't comfortable playing on the field. Yeah, you've got to go to the waiver up, wire, like that. You've got to go to the waiver wire for somebody, mm-hmm. and you've got to risk it for the biscuit sometimes, just to try and get that one week good matchup that's going to get you 100 and get you over the line in your league. So, what we like to do is we pick two players each, yep. uh, and we will say that we think that they're going to have a great week this week, and these are guys that you can comfortably play on your field. Yes. Not just as bench or as uh, emergencies. You can play these guys and yeah. they're going to score well. Yeah. So the rules are, mm-hmm. we use ultimate footy. We do. Um, has to be below 50% ownership. Yes, Because it's big... not useful to you, our listeners, otherwise, if there's somebody that's owned. yeah. So we're, we're not going to gonna say, uh, go out and get uh, Adam Troll or off the waiver of wire. Because he's not going to be on the bloody waiver wire. Yeah. So it has to be owned less than 50%. Yep. Um, and we can't reuse them. Once, we, yes. once we've used them once. We ran into a big issue uh, with that last until year. Until it gets <laughs> to about halfway through the season and we're picking ridiculous players that are never going to score. Oh so we'll, re- we'll revisit that at some point, but for the time being, we can't reuse them. Yeah, so you can't just constantly pick the same guy over and over again. You know, it came down to, I think I picked Ben Brown like the, <laughs> four times in six weeks or something like that. As I said, changes the rules changing, to make himself just win. Just changing the rules, mate. Uh, for the better, for the better. So, um... Last year we did have like set scores they needed to reach in order to get ticks or double ticks. Yeah. Um our weird scoring system was if they did well they got a tick and you got a, a point. If yep. they did really well, you got a double tick. Yeah. Are we still doing that? Yeah, we're still doing that, mate. Cool. And it's <laughs> there's no set mark that you need to hit either. It's just more of a gut feel. Yeah, it's more of a gut feel. So for your forwards it's it's something like an eighty-five or higher. Uh, Same with defenders uh, and ruckman, I would assume. And for a midfielder, it's 100 plus, somewhere around about there. That's what we're looking at for the double ticks. Exactly. Um, For a tick, they just have to do vaguely well. And if they're terrible, you get no points. Yeah. Um, And of course, you can go with the power play option as well, once per year, which is fantastic. But I'm not playing a power play this week, so we don't need to get into that. Save that for later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So. I'll go. Do you want to go first? I'll no, go you first. go first. Right. I I'm still haven't settled on mine. <laughs> oh, God. This is the level of research this podcast does. So my first pick for the biscuit, I think this is going to be probably one of the most obvious ones as well. Um, and it very well may change the ownership levels, but as of 4 o'clock You're assuming this, a lot if you think that you can change the ownership levels through this call. No, 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 It's not me changing them. I think they're generally going to change. Oh, gotcha. Um, so it was 43% as of 4 o'clock this afternoon on Ultimate Footy. Aaron Young from the Gold Coast. Yeah. And, I mean, he's not only has he had a great game last week, which is terrific, but listen to his run coming up. He's got Carlton, Fremantle... West Coast, and Brisbane in the next four games. Mm-hmm. That is a ridiculously good run for fantasy scoring. Yep. And like we said, he's not going to play in Cairns up water every week, so yeah. he's not going to be getting those nine tackles. But He will kick goals. He will kick goals. He will get marks around that half-forward flank. And I reckon that he could actually do really well, not just this week against Carlton, because mm-hmm. they are a fantasy-friendly team to score against, as well as being good scorers themselves. But also, maybe even going forward, you can probably hang on to Aaron Young comfortably in a draft league if he's scoring pretty well. Yeah. So I'll um, I'll add to what you said, mm because I actually had him as my favorite. (laughs) That's Um, why I went first. Yeah, I thought it might be. So I'll add to what you said. Um, His last three games against Colton, he's. Scored 82, 65, and 82. Mm. So a couple of good scores there. Yeah, a couple of really good scores for a forward. And that's the main thing. Um, The only, the negative for me is obviously uh, his ceiling, what his scoring potential is. So he's had a great game this week, but can he pull those sorts of scores off regularly? I would expect so. But um, I think he's a good look this week. Yeah, good. Um, Last game at Eddie Had, he scored 98 as well. Yeah. Which is positive. Yeah. So I'm happy locking in Aaron Young as one of my. uh, Risk all right. it for the biscuits, well, so. to make things interesting, I won't also go our own young men. Okay, that's, that's a good idea. Well, that's another thing. We can't choose the same person in the same week. so yeah, That is annoying because he was probably my best option. Well, you can go first next weekend, mate. Um, Alrighty, so. Oh, this is a real challenge now. I, I was right. going to go young. That makes um, sense. Alrighty, loosey goosey we are. Alright. Um, I am going to go James Stewart, Essendon Ford. Oh, sweet mother of Jesus, so it's come down to James Stewart, hasn't (laughs) it? It's not a good sign. All right, sell me on James Stewart. 18% owned, 5% started, so he is very, very under-owned. He scored 100 points versus Adelaide, Mm -hmm. um, which could very well be his highest score ever. Um, Three goals, seven marks, which was great playing as the third tall. He's still going to be the third tall this week, and this week he gets to play Frio. Yes, that's a big thing for me. That's a big tick. Yeah, so it's mostly based on the fact he's playing Freo. Oh, that's why. <laughs> and we're terrible. Solely basing it on how bad your team is. Yeah, and if you look at the Port Fords last week, Watt scored 112, Westhoff scored 132, Charlie Dixon scored 97. Yeah, and Freo gave up the second most AFL and um, uh, AFL fantasy points last mm-hmm. week. So um, I think there is potential for him to score reasonably well. Probably mm-hmm. he won't go 100 again, but I think he can get me at least one tick. Yeah, yeah, I think that he'll he'll do pretty solidly for you. So as we say, in draft leads, you're really reaching for some half-decent scores sometimes. And if a guy in the forward line or um, in defence can score you 75, 80-plus, that's actually really handy for you. If you bring them in as your fifth forward. Exactly. Um, Particularly as you get to 12 teams, 14 teams, those sorts of things, it it starts to be a bit of a nightmare. Um, So my second pick as Risker for the Biscuit uh, makes me feel a little bit shaky. Uh, Mate, I just chose James Stewart. You did just choose James Stewart. So I'm going to go with Charlie Cameron from the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, I'd probably yeah. rather him than Stewart. <laughs> oh, there honest. we go. <laughs> <laughs> so Charlie Cameron, we actually sat down and we watched <laughs> most, if not all, of this game on the weekend. And he just looked like he was the number one target in the Brisbane forward line. Uh, he's not going to get uh, tagged hard because they're going to have to put some time into guys like... Um, Uh, when uh, Dane Beams is going up through there, you know, they do have some tall forwards as Mm. well that they're going to have to put a little bit of time into. And the other good thing about Charlie Cameron is he was coming up the ground a fair bit as well, and he was taking some contested marks, which is something that I hadn't seen from Charlie Cameron before. Um, He kicked three goals too. This was, you know, realistically, it wasn't the best Brisbane performance going forward of centre. So Mm. if they can straighten up their kicking just a little bit more, I think that Charlie Cameron could be safe for a score around eighty-five this week. Um, he's, yeah. he's coming up against the Demons, who are a tough team to match up on. But it is yeah. up in Brisbane that he's going to be playing. So yeah, look, I think for him the issue is going to be the fact that he's a small forward in the Brisbane forward line. Mm. So it's going to be opportunity more than anything else. Yeah, I, um, I, I think and the, that's going to fluctuate week to week. Yeah, the opportunity I think for me is there this week, coming up and being the first game up in Brisbane that he plays as well. Because a lot of these picks are based on gut feel too. You've got to really yeah. go with your gut with some of these risk for the biscuits. And I just think Charlie Cameron's going to get off to a flyer at the gather. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Who is your second pick, mate? It's- Jay Gresham. Oh, okay. So yeah. forward. Yeah. So you think it's gonna be his week this week? Forty four percent owned, thirty two percent started. He scored seventy eight versus Brisbane, mm-hmm. bolstered by three goals. It's not the most um, amazing performance to base this on mm. um, however his next game is against north on Easter Friday big occasion um, he's been developing over the years building his tank so he can have more of a, a little bit of a pinch hit through the midfield as well as up forward yep um, his scores against north he scored 74 and 81 so he's got a decent record against yeah, that's, him that's a good record uh, his last three games at Eddie had 79 74 and 78 mm. so he enjoys Eddie had and north gave up a lot of points. Mm. Week so, yeah, um, yeah I, I really like Gresham, and I, to be honest, I've been waiting for years for the point where he's fantasy, for, fantasy relevant. Yeah, it's um, I think a lot of people they get a little bit stuck sometimes with the St Kilda small forwards because there are so many of them, and I, I mean Blake Akers, are obviously this week in particular uh, looks like he's going to be pushing through the midfield a fair bit more. Yeah. But are players like Sinclair and Gresham going to be up around the midfield enough to make those points? Particularly with, a, with Steele in there. Um, you know, Kobe Stevens is very good as well in the midfield. You can't yeah. really play him forward too much. So. He's, he's not bad above his head, but he is an inside mid, ultimately. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll see how Gresham goes. He's my second. I don't mind it at all. So we've got uh, Aaron Young and Charlie Cameron for me as the guys you should get in. Both forwards. And you've got uh, <laughs> Jay Gresham and James Jay Gresham and James Stewart. We've got all forwards as well, which is a little bit tricky. So I did want to find a defender, but there were none that I particularly liked. Yeah, so so. I've got one on a short list. I might look at him next week. We'll, uh, we'll have a little bit of a think about it for next week as well. But uh, Well, hopefully some of those can pay off for you if you're desperate for a, uh, a match-up this week. You um, we should have one of those really quickly spoken disclaimer things, saying we, we really take should. no responsibility or... For anything that goes wrong, I'll pre-record a disclaimer next week <laughs> for you, just <laughs> with the legalese, really, really fast. Yeah, because if these, if if we pull these off, we look like geniuses, but most of the time we don't. Oh God, no, we look terrible most of the time. <laughs> Um, and speaking of, actually, you owe me a trophy for last year, so I'm still expecting I you to pay up on that one. I most certainly do, but, you know, I'm a busy man. So <laughs> yeah, You're a busy man. Good luck, mate. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to end the podcast there for the week. Thanks, everyone, again, for joining us. And if you're uh, if you're on iTunes, why don't you uh, flick us a rating there, just give us a, a handy little five stars, and we'll see if we can push our way up those rankings. Um, and, yeah, hopefully this weekend... We have a little bit more luck with injuries. We don't have so many big issues. Fingers crossed. Um, And we'll see you guys all next week. Have a great weekend.